Doom, a game about a man so filled with rage he can withstand the worst hell has to offer and more. Can our hosts find a story in all of this ripping and tearing? Find out on this episode of Game Reel. Welcome to Game Reel. I am your evil host, Cassidy Easton, and with me are my equally evil co-hosts, Annika Gatormson and Matthew Brennan. Grr. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we're fucked up and evil. This episode, we're going to be talking about Doom, just in general. Probably focusing more on Doom Eternal, because that's the best and most recent game. Doom is a game where you play as the titular Doom Slayer, a hard-ass space marine slash... A biblical figure who just is unstoppably strong and just tears demons apart. Yeah, the every game is basically you kill demons until the end of the game. It was first released in 1993, and I think was one of the very first like first-person shooters. It's had several games over the years, with the most recent and I think most successful game being Doom Eternal. We talk about favorites a lot on this podcast. Doom doesn't have very many characters, but it has a lot of demons. So I'll ask you guys, what are your favorite demons? I like pinkies a lot. Yeah? Yeah, I think they're cute little fellers. I really like the old, like, the old Doom pinkies. The ones that are all, like, plated and fucked up. I have other ones that I like, but I find it kind of hard to differentiate by name the different ones that are, like, standing on two legs, you know? Mm. yeah but i think i like the cyber demons yeah oh yeah the cyber demons are awesome uh i think in doom eternal they were renamed as tyrants annika what's your what's your favorite demon there's a couple that i really like so i think one of my favorites is whiplash i like okay i really love the cyberpunk like slash demon aesthetic I think it's really interesting. It's not something that a lot of games do. It's really cool, and Doom does it particularly well. And I love that Whiplash has like that kind of like pseudo greaser hair in the back. <laughs> um, and then of course, uh, I f- don't really know how to pronounce her name. Con Maker. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think she's awesome. Like her design is really awesome, and I love the like evil celestial aesthetic. She's so so cool. She is, like, one of the coolest bosses, I think. Possibly ever? Definitely in, like, the Doom universe. Well, for me, there is only one demon (laughs) that I love with all of my heart, and that is the Pain Elemental. The Pain Elemental, the name is just, like, raw as hell. It's so cool. And in the original Doom game, he looks stupid as hell, and I think that's great. He looked so silly. He had big, beefy arms in the game, and his mouth was all weird, and he, like pumped his arms whenever he floated around um and now he looks awesome in uh doom eternal yeah hold up one sec my cat is scratching the door and that's showing up in my (laughs) waveform i have to let him in yeah getting back to doom there are some movies that are adapted from this game uh we watched one of them 
And that's the one we're going to talk about, because the newest one is so boring I don't even remember it. Uh, we watched Doom 2005, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, what were your thoughts, guys? What did you think of the movie? It was a little too subtle for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, So, like, I didn't really play the game that much before watching the movie, so, like, I was mm. just mostly confused, because I was like, okay, like, Doom guy uh satanic demons that you just kind of kill left and right like okay i get what doom is and then watching that i was like just wildly confused as to like why they like went the whole like zombie angle you know yeah Yeah. so that's the biggest shortcoming of doom movies is they notice that zombies are part of the doom games so that's what they go all in on instead of like actual demons the plot is that humans discovered means of teleportation. They used it to get to Mars, where they dug up weird archaeological discoveries, these skeletons of humans on Mars that had that apparently had 24 chromosomes and were like superhumans who could heal really fast and didn't get sick ever. And then people on the base start turning into like beef jerky men. And so then they call The Rock and all of his beefy friends to take care of it. And then uh, everybody dies and gets turned into a beef jerky man. It takes a weird anti-military turn at the very end after looking super pro-military the whole time. (laughs) And then The Rock isn't the Doomslayer in the movie, which is like the craziest part about it. It's Carl Urban instead, where his sister injects him with uh, chromosome 24 and he becomes the Doomslayer. And they, they have the best sequence in the whole movie, which is just like a 10 minute action sequence of Carl Urban, but he's in first person like a doom shooter and they're just shooting demons and zombies. And it's, it's pretty great. Except there are no demons in this movie. It's just people. What was it? It's like people are genetically evil. Well, you see what you're forgetting to mention is the 10% gene. (laughs) Yeah, right. The 10%. It's it's like that dumb like fucking weird pseudosciencey thing where it's it's something like oh we only use ten percent of our brains or whatever <laughs> but instead it's like we don't know what ten percent of our genes really are so yeah. like, maybe that's the soul and some people are like born with the Satan gene man so when they get infected they just go fucking crazy and they turn into fleshy zombies but then yeah. what's what's the main guy what urban carl urban carl urban but his name in the in the shit in the movie is like i don't remember what it is his last name's grim and then his army name is reaper so he's <laughs> reaper grim um yeah. but yeah he he has the the good guy protagonist gene so like he yeah. turns into super badass when he gets injected with like the extra <laughs> chromosome serum or whatever it's a bad movie and i wish it had more demons i wish it really <laughs> went hard on the hell stuff they even had like one like weirdly christian character too so that could have like played up into stuff you know i remember when i first watched the movie and i saw that guy i got super excited i was like yes yes he's gonna be all freaked out when satan comes into the room and then satan never showed up the real satan was inside the rock all along <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, it's a really bad movie, and I think we can very easily write a new movie that's way better. Um, mine isn't super developed, so I wouldn't mind going first. 
Okay. All right, go for it. Okay, so like like I said earlier, like I really wasn't sure where the movie was going, but like upon like reading more into the lore, I get the whole like sending the military guys in like to Mars to like neutralize a threat angle cuz like that's kind of well that is like what the doomslayer was meant to do. Mm-hmm. But I think and it seemed like they kind of wanted to go this but they weren't very totally consistent. They like wanted to have like this like whole survival horror type deal going on where like people slowly get picked off and I think that would totally work in like leagues with like the earlier doom games especially like 64 which had like a very like kind of gothic moody feel to it so i would really enjoy a movie in which like you could still have like the marines like going on like a trip to to mars like being like oh there's like some like weird disturbance going on there but instead most of the guys except for the main character get like very quickly picked off and it's like much Mm -hmm. more of a cat and mouse type thing with the monsters who are actually satanic and stuff i love that I love real that. demons <laughs> yeah i think it would be fun to like and like not as them being zombies but like obviously they're like demonic corruption with humans so that they turn so i think having some of the fallen allies come back and fighting him would be fun because that was like the Ooh. whole that was like the most interesting conflict for the whole movie is when like the rock and i keep wanting to say that he's ethan hawk but i know he's not (laughs) it's carl urban yeah carl urban like them fighting so and that's like the fun thing about like zombie movies where like you get the old people like old friends like turning on them and now they're zombies and that like has Mm -hmm. that whole internal conflict with them so i think that'd be a nice extra element to it um, yeah, I love all that. Let's improve on this old shitty movie, make it way better. Mine would be more in the in the vein of Doom Eternal, where the Doom Slayer is less of like a marine at this point and more of like an otherworldly force. But I don't want him to be the main character. I want it to be very much like a Mad Max type deal, where he is in the movie, but he's more of like a supporting character. And we have a main character who is, like, someone else. Maybe someone on Earth who is, like, you know, fighting for whoever's left on Earth and fighting against the demons and has some kind of goal they're trying to achieve. And for some reason, the Doomslayer ends up with them and, like, kind of stuck with them. And we follow them through this, like, sort of journey... Uh, where they use the Doomslayer to get what they want, and the Doomslayer ends up helping them. And, you know, maybe they grow closer. Who knows? We'll leave it up in the air if the Doomslayer is capable of emotions. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of my basic pitch. I don't know really what the conflict would be besides demons. Maybe, like, the Doomslayer is trying to kill a Hell Priest or something. And the Hell Priest, like, did something to this other character's family or some shit like that. Not quite sure yet, but we can talk about that later. Annika, what's your idea? My pitch is a little bit longer, and I apologize. Something about this specific genre just gave me so many ideas. I love sci-fi. I love bad sci-fi. I'm like, okay, let's fucking go. In the very beginning, we open, and there's, like, this scientist laboratory... There's these scientists, they're kind of talking, and one of them's like, oh my god, did you hear what happened? And the other guy's like, oh no, I didn't hear. So then he says, he's like explaining like, oh my god, Carl, 
he tried to kill someone yesterday. He's second person this week who's gone crazy. So then the guy is explain. he's like explaining further and he's like, yeah, we've had to start in- instituting like moral aptitude tests. Now everyone in this facility has to be an extremely outstanding person or they're not allowed in. And in the back, you see this like this kid, this like young kid or like he's like in his 20s. He's a scientist, but he's like he's nervous. There's like sweat dripping down his face. He's like you can see something's up with him. So then we cut to later that night. The kid gets out of bed. He's kind of walking around the facility. He goes into this one room that's you know, very hard to get into, like top secret. Uh, you can you see he had to like steal the key from somewhere. He gets in and it's like this nuclear reactor. He's like walking up to it. He's putting something in. Suddenly there's like red flashing lights. There's sirens. There's a voice saying like, emergency, emergency. Everyone needs to get out. You're not allowed to be here. And the kid is just looking up at this reactor. And we start hearing banging. And then suddenly a hand like shoots out of of the metal. (laughs) And we cut back to the kid's face with like, the red flashing lights, and then cut to black, we get the Doom title. Next scene, we're sitting in, you know, like a huge conference room. There's all these people screaming at each other, trying to figure something out. And in walks this, like, beefcake of a man, presumably the Doom Slayer. And he comes in and he, like, throws his gun down. And he's like, this is cheesy. So he's like, <laughs> Mr. President. What are we going to do? And the president's like, you know we can't send anyone back to Mars. It's too big of a risk. There's like this like little nervous scientist type that we see in all these sci-fi movies who comes up and they're like, um, actually, like, there's a ton of people who are stranded on Mars. We have to send someone to save them. And the president's like, you don't know your place. You're just a scientist. And that's when our, our doomslayer... He goes, President, are you telling me that you want to leave people behind? No one gets left behind. (laughs) (laughs) And the president says something like, if you want a ship, you're going to have to steal it. Well, in our next scene, (laughs) 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 it's like a very quick scene. You get the sense that he's probably stolen plenty of ships before. He has his little crew. They (laughs) jump on board. They put in the coordinates to Mars. And they start their journey. And probably while they're on this journey to Mars, there's like some maybe romantic tension between the Doomslayer and our scientist person. And like maybe some past history that's there to be uncovered. And on the way there, the scientist explains that there was a group of scientists on Mars who had figured out how to harness at like energy but they weren't exactly sure where this energy was coming from some unspecified place in the universe. And it was having a side effect where it was turning a lot of people into like very evil versions of themselves. So finally we get closer to the planet. They think it's going to be a quick in and out mission because they think the planet's been just like all the life on the planet has been destroyed and there's only like a few people who are still surviving. But when they get to the planet, they're immediately shot down. They crash land and they're forced to come to the conclusion that, oh my God, if something was capable of shooting us down, then there must be intelligent life on Mars. And then I think that would be where they kind of discover 
demons in the demon society. And I think the demons would be intelligent and in search of something, maybe just like colonization, maybe something more specific. I'm not sure. But yeah, because I think part of the main aesthetic of the Doom Eternal video game is that it's so like cyberpunky. And I would want to incorporate that into the film somehow. So I think it would be cool if there was like a demon society. I do like the idea of just like cleaning up the movie because I feel that like, at least from like where me and Annika are going, like the Mm. mission back to like Mars to like find everything that's going on is common. And I think that there are like some good beats from the movie that like we could play with, you know? Yeah, I agree. I don't think we should just you know, script Doctor, the 2005 movie, but I think it would be good to play with, like, the popular Doom format, which is Demons on Mars. Demons Mm -hmm. on Mars. (laughs) Doom Slayer, gotta stop them. Perhaps we can have, like, the main antagonist be some sort of Satan cult on it who, like, follow orders from the angels. Mm-hmm. And that would be, like, a lead-in into the next movie. Because I, w- I would assume that this would be, like, a multi-movie series. Oh, Just, like, sure. based on the scope yeah. of it. Question. Do we want the Doom Slayer to be a normal person? Or do we want him to be, like, an ancient relic of, like, rage and demon killing? I I think it'd be more interesting if we saw him, like, turn into the Doom Slayer, really. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought this was where the movie was going, where, like, having mm-hmm. the strong guy that who you'd think would be the doom slayer and then someone yeah. like who's being mentored by him and then he ha- like when the mentor dies he has to take that role and he fully ascends to extreme Ooh. badass him yeah there is a there's an artifact in the game called the crucible Mm-hmm. which is like this little funny sword hilt it like makes this huge like crazy laser great sword that can kill anything Ooh. and is like this super powerful relic so like same thing as the doom 2005 movie we follow around like this huge beefcake who we think is going to be the doom slayer the whole time and then some other person who is close to them and they have a relationship with but is not like huge and then like right before the big final climax big man is killed and the person mm-hmm. who is close to him gets the crucible and becomes the new doomslayer because they have all these crazy crucible powers. I'd like the previous like mentor like and current doomslayer who gets killed to be like nicknamed mm-hmm. Rabbit or something then. Ooh. Something silly oh. like that. Or or they could be named Daisy cuz that was the name of the rabbit in the game. Oh, okay, yeah. So we got like two characters so far, Doom Guy and Daisy, right? Yeah. Just a side question. Who do you think our big big beefcake would be? My immediate thought, Terry Crews. I think a big muscly man who is Terry Crews named Daisy is very fitting for Terry Crews. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is uh, his companion, do you think? Uh, I'd like to offer up John Boyega. Oh, shit. That's That'd so good. So I kind of want this movie to be campy, you know? Like almost evil dead campy. But not, not maybe not that much. So we can't get Sam Raimi to direct it. Yo, honestly, <laughs> I would watch a Sam Raimi. Are you kidding me? If Sam Raimi directed a Doom movie, I would love that. That would be so good. So we've got we've got our two our two main characters, Daisy and then John Boyega. Uh, 
What what should what should, what do you think the uh, John Boyega's name should be? So it's just so we have a a good name to call him. How about just Doom Guy, but backwards? <laughs> <laughs> Mood Yug. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, so we got Guy Moody and Daisy. We're in the future. Do you think Argent Energy? Do you think we should have like Hell Energy be a thing? that maybe people don't know about? I feel like they should um, know about it, but not know that it comes from hell. So we get like a twist. So that like Earth society is already dependent on it? Yeah. Yeah, and that way, like, you know, travel between Mars isn't that out there. And we can have Samuel Hayden be a character. I think since we don't want to like introduce them yet, maybe just the main villain is like some human who like discovered the satanic shit and is just like yeah fully like cool with it because they're like greedy for power their whole thing can be like they've received orders from some mysterious force and that's why they're doing all this yeah yeah i don't know why but like i just imagine that mars is just like a archaeological dig but with like satanic shit on it do we think that they should be ordered to have gone to Mars or they're going to Mars on their own like Annika suggested. I do like the idea of them like stealing or a spaceship or like mm-hmm. just like hijacking a teleporter, but I'm yeah. not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure if it would like totally make sense in like the way that I'm envisioning the Daisy character and being just like very honorable and like yeah. maybe not being willing to like go that ham. What if their orders are simply to go retrieve Dr. Samuel Hayden and bring him back? Yeah, I think that that's good. What information does Earth have? Does Earth know that there's demons? No. No, I don't think think so. so. I think they should only know that there was some kind of outbreak and a lot of people have been killed. And they kind of just assume like, oh, maybe this like machine that we are using to harness energy, some something went wrong with it. And it killed a lot of people. So it could be like a relatively small crew because they figure like, oh, it'll just be a quick in and out mission. And that the smallness would then add to the tension later. Yeah. Like maybe maybe there's like a scene in the beginning where they're like, how many survivors? And then the president or whoever is like, we don't know. We're assuming none. So already going in, like the place is going to be demon infested, right? Yes, like I think upon landing, they immediately know that shit's not right. So my question is, why would, because obviously going into a place that's essentially having a nuclear meltdown is a risk. So what specifically does Dr. Samuel Hayden offer that is worth finding him? Is it just that he's really smart, or can we give him something that makes him more special? I think it's because he's the inventor of Argent Energy. Like, the reason they give the soldiers anyway is that, like, he is the greatest mind of, like, the their world. And if they lose him, then they lose everything that, like, they have, that, that has been built up. But I think there should be the top secret reason of, like, you know, they're excavating this, like, demon shit. I think that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Ooh, actually, I think maybe their first tip-off when they get there is, like, they don't see a huge crater. Yeah. 
and they're like, hold up, they said there was an Argent meltdown. I don't see anything like that here. And then they see all the like carnage. And I think there should be like a big action sequence of them like fighting through demons and like trying to get to Dr. Hayden's lab. And then that and then I think when they get to Dr. Hayden's lab, that's when Hayden like tells them, Hey, listen, we're not going anywhere without the crucible. So are we like right away going like straight into like hordes of monsters or are we gonna like tease it a little bit before not as long as like the the 2005 movie took to like really get there but i think we need to if i may use an industry term tickle their balls a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah now here's the thing do we want there to be like a obstacle between them and hayden or do you think they should like see all this demonic shit fight their way through it maybe lose a team member or two and then get to hayden and then hayden says we're not going anywhere without the crucible here's what we need do you think there should be an obstacle between that and them landing in that uh i feel like they should get to him pretty timely just so that we can set up that they need to get the crucible but i think there has to be something that keeps them from just saying like, oh, screw it, we don't need that, let's just go back. So I feel like the sh- something should happen to the ship. Like the ship should be destroyed in some way. Oh, yes. Actually, yes. I was just saying maybe the Crucible is the only thing to lo- that will be able to like power their transporters to like get them back to Earth or something like that. I was thinking of a similar, I was thinking of a similar thing as you, Matt, but maybe not like the crucible needing to power it but like maybe hayden's like listen i have the codes or whatever to power up the teleporters but Mm -hmm. we need to get the crucible first i'm not i'm not gonna power them up until we get to the crucible maybe something like most of the main power has been cut off and like the generators in like the deepest crypts of Mm. the mars base and the, sat- the satanic cultists are like hocked up in there with the crucible oh i i do like that but i i would prefer if the crucible wasn't on the base just so we didn't spend so much time in the base but i think i do think that the cultists should have it yeah i think the crucible should be in the crazy ruins and there should be something else wrong with the base I mean, maybe it's fine if the base is just infested with demons and they have to fight through it. What if what's preventing them from leaving through via teleporter is that the Argent energy is being siphoned away from the lab and is being siphoned into the dig site. And it's like deeper underground than they've dug. Mm. And Sam Hayden doesn't know what's down there. But he suspects that down there is is where the cultists went and so what they need to do is they need to go down there and reroute the power back into the lab and then also find the crucible i okay so what if while they're there people from their team start also going wild maybe like there's some residual um art and energy and it's it's like pushing some of the people from the team to turn and so they have this countdown of where like slowly everyone's turning and they have to try and get back before everyone turns because otherwise i feel like there's incentive to just wait it out for another ship to come Ooh, yeah that's really smart yeah and maybe like as like they all like kind of collectively start to lose it 
Guy Moody starts to hear like a voice in his head. <gasps> oh yeah. Be the icon of sin. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Who will be helping him, like guiding him to where the crucible is. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Yeah. Wait, what about what if there's like a throwaway line that um like Samuel Hayden, or at least we think it's a throwaway line where Samuel Hayden sees them for the first time and he's like I told them to send me automated soldiers. What are you all doing here? And they're like, what? We're here to save you. We're the best of the best. And he's like, it doesn't matter. And it's because, like, the the unleashed hell energy around here, like, starts turning people into demons. I like that. Yeah, I think that's great. And that can be something they notice when they land. They're like, wow, the air feels weird here. What's going on? Or they're like, it feels angry. Guys, do you notice the vibe is off? <laughs> And so then that gives them a, a timetable. They have to find the crucible and get to the dig site before they all turn. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. So how are we going to build up our antagonists, Olivia Pierce, right? Uh, do we want to be Olivia Pierce specifically, or do we want to invent someone? Yeah, I'm. D- I mean, I'm down for whatever. It might be more fun to make someone. Like, what if? What if they they say they've received visions of like a a different world and how we are so much lower than them, and if we just give in, you know, then we will be like light years ahead of where they already are. And this is like the next step of, of advancement in society. I think I like that. And like, since the con maker looks kind of angelic, mm-hmm. I I could see this person being like struck by their beauty and like they're yeah. giving them images of like what their utopian society used to yeah. be. Yeah. And like, so and like when she turns, like it's contrasted with like the darkness of hell. Yeah, maybe their whole thing could have been like they were a genetics researcher trying, or no, they're like an engineer trying to like work on cybernetic enhancements, maybe, and that's why all the demons have crazy, or not all the demons, but it's like that's why they have crazy cybernetic enhancements as like a demon. Oh yeah. Maybe as a human, most of them are prosthetic because they want to like optimize the human form too. Yeah. You know, yeah. As like a reflection of like how they want society to be. Okay, cool. So yeah, they they think that people need to be enhanced mm-hmm. cybernetically. They're taking the next big step by listening to these crazy orders and unleashing all this madness and like this is the next step in enhancement. You know, argent energy could course through our veins and stuff like that. I think that's good. Do we want to do we want to just follow the same sort of convention as the first Doom game and have them turn into like this brain arachnatron thing or I I do like the brain arachnatron thing. I especially like the whole like big brain scientist mm-hmm. robot kind of aspect of it. All right, cool. So that'll be sort of what they turn into. Oh, yeah, what if they like adopt a new demon name and their new demon name is arachnatron? That seems pretty campy and cheesy. Can we give them like a uh, on the nose name beforehand that alludes to the spidery aspect of it? Doctor Arrakis, something like that. Ooh. Widow Arrakis. Something oh like that. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the name is uh, yeah Widow Arrakis. I like that. Who's playing Widow Arrakis? Do we think? 
Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, so <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch plays Dr. Widow Arrakis. Do you think Dr. Hayden tells him about Arrakis? Maybe Dr. Hayden, like, noticed that Widow Arrakis was acting particularly strange. I was thinking more of, like, having a little, like, misdirection and be like, oh, like, my colleague and friend Widow Arrakis was also taken by them or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, I think no no matter what, I think Widow has to have been the person, like, with uh, Dr. Hayden, like, right by his side, and they've been advancing this whole thing together. Oh, maybe Widow is the person who made Hayden's, like, suit. Or yeah, not suit, but body. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, and that's why they're, like, so close, is uh, Hayden says, like, me and Arrakis have been, you know, working together forever. I don't think that we want anyone to know that Dr. Arrakis is up to this until we actually get there. What if Dr. Hayden knows Arrakis did this, but he thinks that they're dead? Yeah, maybe he's like, I saw him die. Yeah, like, like maybe the whole thing that Arrakis did was he stole the Crucible and used it to start this whole thing. And so Sam Hayden's like, listen, we're not going anywhere without the Crucible. Here's the last place I know it went. Dr. Arrakis stole the Crucible and did all this stuff to unleash the demon energy. And then he got dragged away by a bunch of demons down deep into the archaeological dig site. We need to go down there and get the Crucible back. In the opening, because like my mind's a little fuzzy on the opening scene. So in the opening scene, when we see, mm-hmm. so we see Doctor Arrakis release the demons. Do yes. we see Doctor Arrakis get dragged away and like implied killed? I think it could go either way, but I wouldn't mind him being like in the opening sequence. He unleashes something, realizes it's too big, and then it kills him and drags him away. And you think that's the end of him? I think we need like in sync with the monster or i think we need widow arrakis to like have a very campy scream that like makes us think that they're gonna die (laughs) yes like Uh, in tandem i agree okay so then sam hayden thinks widow arrakis is dead so then they leave together and dr samuel hayden goes with them and maybe on the way there that's when the first person first person changes they're forced to kill one of their friends and then they keep going in the direction of the crucible so what obstacles now lie in their path if like the only teleporter that is functional in the base is the short range one that dr hayden says he can like whip up to bring them back to earth mm-hmm. what if dr hayden has to like stay back with the teleporter and so guy moody and daisy have to like leave some of his men with hayden to like guard him while he does that and they go and find the crucible yeah i like that because then it just it becomes just about the two of them yeah and then we can cut back and forth Mm -hmm. between you know hayden having to do this thing and these other two characters having to defend him and then guy moody and daisy go deeper into demon ruins and see all these like crazy things i i don't know i think it could be bigger yeah yeah i think they need to raid an armory and get ridiculous weapons oh for sure the bf yeah the bfg needs to be in this movie yeah i think we need to build up to the bfg because i feel like in the 05 movie like they just kind of got it 
Yeah. I think we need to earn that. How about this? What if, <laughs> what if uh, Sam Hayden knows that the demons took the Crucible way underground, but there's they sealed the entrance behind them, and there's like thousands of feet of rock between them and the Crucible. He says it, it'll take them days to dig down there, and that they don't have that kind of time. And so he tells them about this experimental weapon they've been making called the BFG. It's like in this like really big cannon or something. Like some, it's in this like really ridiculous, hard to get to spot, and they need to get to it in order to shoot a big hole in the ground for them to get down into the ruins. I think it's. I mean, like it's got to be in like an armory somewhere in the base. But I think the yeah. armory has to be like the most crazy fucking demon infested place and there has to be like up until this point we've had like regular goon monsters and then we Mm. need to introduce like a mini boss yeah Mm -hmm. that dr hayden's like i'm not going anywhere fucking near that like you guys gotta do that yourself maybe it's overrun with like the fleshy like demon stuff too you know like have have you guys seen the how the demons like enter this world they enter the world through things called gore nests oh it's like this big nasty like meat fortress what if that's like kind of what the armory has turned into like maybe they have to go inside there and like matt said fight some kind of big crazy looking demon maybe it's a cyber demon Ooh, what if the cyber demon has the bfg oh shit oh yeah they have to take it from him (laughs) (laughs) like it's fused into his arm or some shit like that yeah if we want it to be really big, what if they crash land? I like, I like, I like, Annika, your idea of them like crash landing. Yeah, like they crash land and then the ship gets overrun by a demon army. Yeah, the action sequences have to be pretty crazy. I think they have to be like fast, fast and furious, like fast five level crazy. I think you the know? pilot gets ripped out of the front window yeah. by like a gargoyle or something, yeah. and then someone has to take the wheel. <laughs> while they're just getting hit from like everywhere and may- maybe one of the maybe someone who goes missing during the crash landing shows up later as the demon with the gun so then it would establish like oh people are are turning really quickly i like the crash landing i like the big fight with the big demon i can't i wonder if the, the i'm trying to picture like a sequence of somewhere high up well, because a lot of action movies, like a, a lot of very, a lot of tension comes from being in a high place. Oh, true. And having to do ridiculous things at a high at a high place, you know. Maybe that can happen once they make it into the ruins. Are the ru- are the ruins rising up out of the ground because they're like a giant living demon? <gasps> oh i love that yeah like they like Ooh. they enter in like through this big hole like go down into the ruins and it kind of looks like a mouth with teeth or something like that i don't know i love that and so like widow arrakis is trying is like using the crucible to wake that thing up maybe there's like a, a missing piece in its forehead for a gemstone and you have to put the crucible in they have to do the face-off with Arrakis on top of, like, this big demon thing. Yeah, it's, like, constantly moving around. moving around, right? Yeah. I love that. Do we do we think anything should be happening with Hayden and the dudes on the ground? I think generally they should be, like, being, like, under siege. But I also think that maybe the ruin, like, the monster coming out of the ruins is going towards Hayden and the guys, and they're going to destroy the transport. 
I think a like maybe like a specific kind of demon should be really harassing. Of course, they're like knocking out the little imp things, but like maybe there's like a, a specific kind of demon that's giving them like a lot of trouble. A pain elemental. <gasps> Matthew Brennan, <laughs> you read my mind. I was about to say pain elemental. <laughs> And that's like that's like a straight up demon from hell. I don't think a person turns into that. Oh no. I think I think there's going to there has to be like this big fucking thing like uh Dr. Widow's giving like this whole speech and they activate something and that like opens up up the first portal and then like yeah. the fucking pain elemental comes out and they're like ready to fight it but it just flies right past them and it's going for the fucking transporter. Okay, yeah. So they're like facing off this pain elemental who's like summoning all the little flying skull things and <laughs> making their life really hard D- does this pain elemental kill them or do they kill it and then die uh, it should kill one of them there has to be a decent matter matter of like collateral damage <sighs> in terms of like the troop guys what if like hayden leaves without guy and he takes the other soldier why would he do that that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> why would he do that i mean I just, it, it I could just... it could just be something as simple as guy gets caught up in a fight and hayden is forced to leave without him yeah i mean that's what i was picturing was like it would be a very dramatic scene where like guy is stuck with this big temple thing and daisy's dead and maybe he he does eventually kill arachnatron and i i was just kind of picturing a scene where he like is like way out of reach of hayden but he does see hayden leave with his friend without him mm-hmm. well doesn't hayden need the uh fuck what's it called the crucible the crucible to like power it up so wouldn't guy have to be there already because he's the one yeah. bringing it back but Guy also needs to have the Crucible in order to become the new Doomslayer. Alright, so I think we we definitely need the Crucible to like activate the teleporter, but maybe mm-hmm. Guy Guy and Daisy are overwhelmed by the Arachnatron, like evil doctor. And so he just takes the crucible and like runs. And we get back, but like once like the teleporter starts, the fucking Arachnatron starts attacking the teleporter. And maybe, like, Guy, like, has to stay behind to, like, fight them, and they don't. This is a little confusing, but. So, Hayden, the other soldier, and Guy are, like, trying to get in the teleporter. Then the Arachnatron's, like, attacking them, or attacking the teleporter. And so, maybe it, like, breaks the teleporter's, like, stream or whatever. So, Dr. Hayden and the others unnamed soldier gets out but guys stuck with the crucible and the arachnatron and so he has to use the crucible to like kill him hmm i like that so they think that so like maybe they think they beat arachnatron up in the the weird cathedral thing yeah yeah and they take the crucible to hayden and maybe, maybe they, uh, maybe the way they get to Hayden is the cathedral just falls down and it just falls just close enough for them to be able to like walk over to Hayden. 
and then as guy is about to like bring daisy daisy's corpse through the teleporter then arachnatron like destroys the teleporter oh and it's like on just enough for hayden to get out but yeah. guy's stuck yeah with arachnatron and the crucible Ooh, i just had a i just had a thought what if uh <laughs> what if he like walks back to the cathedral and like plugs the crucible back in and reactivates it i don't know i'm just picturing like i like the imagery of him being stuck on mars but like being so filled with rage and crucible power that he like goes back and like turns to face the demons somehow i was thinking because like from what i understand in like at least one or two doom games Mm -hmm. it ends with the doom slayer staying in hell to like just fucking like maintain order there yeah and like that's his yeah and just that's like his sacrifice to the human race Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking like okay like he daisy's dead the arachnatron said he's just alone with the crucible but like he's still being affected by like whatever radiation and stuff that's like turning minds mm-hmm. and so like he once again he hears the idol of sin in his thing and so he's like go back to the cathedral so he goes and he's like plug in like the crucible and like it opens up the porter the portal to hell oh shit and maybe like through the idol of sins like guidance he's able to like get like use the portal to hell to like somehow also open a portal to earth and like get him back i i do like that but i don't know if he has to get back to earth by the end of the movie yeah i kind of like him staying on mars maybe he could just be left somewhat up to the imagination and that's the kind of thing that could be covered by a sequel can the rock make a cameo appearance <laughs> he's like one of the marines in their team he's like hell no i'm not going to mars Are you kidding me maybe he's the president <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like that a lot more <laughs> i want that <laughs> he could be like listen, listen son i know a thing or two about mars <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah okay totally all right we ready for this recap i think so On a scientific base on Mars, Argent Energy is being harvested there. We see a cybernetics doctor, Widow Arrakis, acting strangely as he goes into this huge Argent Energy generator and does something to sabotage it, opening up a, a strange portal where a giant creature appears to roar and he screams in horror. Back on Earth, there is news that the scientific base on Mars has been completely compromised and they need to rescue Dr. Samuel Hayden, the brilliant mind behind all of the innovation and the discoverer of Argent Energy. A elite force of soldiers are sent to Mars to rescue Samuel Hayden. Notable among them are the leader, Daisy, played by Terry Crews, and his best friend, Guy Moody, played by John Boyega. They fly to Mars, 
in a uh, a evacuation vessel uh, since the teleporters seem to be non-functional on Mars. Upon flying over the base, they are swarmed by demons, and the pilot is ripped out of the cockpit, and their ship crash lands on the surface of Mars. They fight their way into the scientific facility and find Dr. Samuel Hayden. He informs them that there is a teleporter that they can use to get out of here, but he is not leaving without something called the Crucible, a supposed artifact that they dug up from this uh, archaeological dig on the surface of Mars. He says that it was in the facility, but it disappeared after Dr. Widow Arrakis stole it and used it to unleash all of the Argent energy onto the surface of Mars and unleashing all of these demons. He then informs all of the marines that Widow was taken by these demons and dragged deep underground, and the entrance was sealed behind him. He tells them that they will need to find this experimental weapon and blow a hole in the surface of Mars in order to get down and find the crucible. He also informs them that Argent energy comes from hell and that it has suffused the air and is slowly changing them into uh, demonic versions of themselves. And he says that they need to act quickly if they are going to do this at all. They all go to the armory where this experimental weapon is and encounter a huge cyber demon that has the weapon grafted onto its arm. The weapon is the titular BFG, and they have a crazy battle with this huge demon where they end up needing to rip the gun out of its arm in order to safely secure it and kill the demon itself. Daisy and Guy suit up in some of the these special uh, these like special order suits that protect from all sorts of things, these Praetor suits or Doom suits. They all suit up with that, uh, Daisy having the iconic Doom helmet. They go with Hayden to the teleporter. Well, Daisy and Guy, they both split off from the rest of them. They go to find the Crucible, while Sam Hayden goes to rework this short-distance teleporter on the archaeological dig site. The other two remaining members of the team stay back to guard Sam Hayden while they do this. Daisy and Guy make their way down into this big hole that they blast in the surface of Mars and find this huge demonic cathedral, seemingly built on the back of a giant petrified creature. They go inside and see all of these statues and murals depicting this huge, crazy goat-like creature we know as the Icon of Sin. Guy Moody starts hearing voices in his head, uh, some of the murals depicting this angelic-looking being fighting the Icon of Sin. They eventually face off with Dr. Ara Widow Arrakis, now completely mutated into this demonic cybernetic being. A big brain with like this toothy maw and he's controlling this big spider-like uh, mechanical body. He has renamed himself Arachnatron 
and he has the crucible and he plugs it into this altar in the cathedral and suddenly the giant creature begins to move and stand up and they suddenly find themselves on this giant moving titan uh, titanic sized demon that is now walking on the surface of Mars as they do battle with Arachnotron. Uh, portals to hell begin to open up on the surface of Mars and the two marines standing with Dr. Hayden find themselves doing battle with powerful demons like pain elementals. They try desperately to keep the demons away from Hayden while he tries to open up this portal and one of them is slain. In the battle with Arachnotron and uh, Guy and Daisy, they come close to beating him but Daisy falls in battle and Guy ends up pulling the crucible out of the giant cathedral monster and uses it to dispatch Arachnotron, or so we think. The cathedral topples and falls down mere feet away from Hayden and this, uh, this other marine. He uh, uses the crucible to activate the teleporter. Just as they are about to hop in the portal, Guy mourns Daisy for a second too long as Arachnotron reappears and destroys the portal, trapping Guy on Mars. Uh, Guy takes the crucible and uses it to finish off Arachnotron in a final conflict in these ruins. And now, as he is stuck on Mars with the crucible, and the powers bestowed by it, he hears the, the voice of the Icon of Sin in his brain, telling him to give in and become a warrior of hell. Guy thinks of Daisy before he accepts the power of the Crucible into himself and pushes the Icon of Sin out of his mind. We linger on a shot of Guy looking out upon a, a field of charging demons coming from portals opening up all over the surface of Mars as he dons the helmet that Daisy once wore, and he becomes the Doom Slayer. And that's the Doom movie. Did I leave anything out? Is there anything I should correct? Did you mention that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the president? <gasps> oh, so Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the president. There we go. We got it, folks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Game Reel. I have been your host, Cassidy Easton. I'm Matt Brennan. And I'm Annika Gatormsen. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, rip and tear. Thank you for listening to Game Reel. If you've got an idea for a movie about a game, send us a pitch. Our email is gamerealcast at gmail.com. That's real with two E's. Our fantastic album art was made by Brit Soda's Journa. You can find her on Twitter as at Artzoid, spelled with a zero instead of an O. Our beautiful theme music was composed by Chris Kirk. You can find him on Twitter as at Composer Kirk and on Bandcap at composerkirk.bandcamp.com. Thank you again for listening.